Hi, church family. <laughs> How is everyone? I am Pastor Andrew, and this is a live broadcast. And we are broadcasting from my, my new office. We converted Noel's bedroom into our, our studio. I hope everyone is, is safe and healthy. And for those of you who have never had a chance to meet my family, I was thinking now would be a great time for uh, me to introduce them. Okay, so first of all is my awesome life partner, my wife. Good morning, everybody. Uh, for those of you who know us, you know that I'm married up. So there's my wife, and um, I'd like to introduce you to my oldest son, Ryan. He is 13 Hi. years old, and he loves football, and he's really strong. <clears throat> and now I'd like to introduce you to my middle son. His name is Christopher, and he loves to read books about animals. Isn't that true? He is the animal whisperer. Say hi, Christopher. Hi. Okay, well done. Now, <clears throat> uh, lastly but not least, I would like to introduce you to this morning's MC, Noel. Yay! Good morning, and welcome to Christian Name and Character. Welcome to another training installment of us cooking. Good looking! Um, too bad we couldn't go to Boulder Creek. Don't worry. Next year we'll rock. Ha 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 Good preaching, Pastor Andrew. You're a good man. Uh, wonder, wonderful man, but that's okay. Or, thank you for being an awesome church family. Or, we love our church elders. Don't say this. I'm hungry. Going to the kitchen to eat. Thanks, guys. Now let Pastor Andrew preach. Yay! Okay. All right. Um... Hello again. Hello again. Hello, everyone. These are my famous Janet Jackson headphones. Love these. People would laugh at me for wearing this, but who is laughing now? Because this gives awesome um, sound quality. So <clears throat> how, I, how is everyone doing with the shelter in place? <laughs> um, some of you haven't been sheltered in place at all. Some of you have been still been going to work. And those of you who work in healthcare, those of you who are still keeping our society afloat, and on behalf of everyone, we just want to say thank you so much. Others of you are working from home. 
you are working remotely or you are a caregiver and maybe you are homeschooling your kids, which means that your life is bonkers and life feels very overwhelming, perhaps. Others of us live alone and maybe you went through a whole day last week without having one face-to-face -face conversation and this new normal is very weird and perhaps it's also very lonely. I know of certain people in our church who have lost employment during this time and we're thinking of you. And I know college students, most of them have, for the most part, moved back home. And so it's a lot of home-cooked meals and, um, a, again, a new normal. One graduating senior told me, he said, if I had known last month was my last month, I, I really would have lived it differently. I know one person said to me that he was in contact with another person who got infected. So now they're wondering if they have it. And so they're afraid. We, we have a team that has just come back from overseas. And they are going from the crazy busy of a mission field to the silence of being sheltered. And we're also thinking of you too. I know others in our church who are sick and we don't know if it's COVID-19, but we know that we care about you and we're praying for you and we would love to help. This morning, it's good to recognize the different situations and the different needs of our people. But most of all, this morning, we are gathered around God's word. And so this morning, we're going to look into God's word to teach and to offer guidance during this season. And so in a moment, I would like for us to learn from a man in the Bible who is sheltered in place for two years. And during that time, he wrote a letter that is more than a little surprising. And so I'm excited about this message. But first, would you please pray with me? Please join me in prayer. Father, we just want to pray for our country during this time. It's a time of great instability. It's a time where our lives have so many moving parts and there's fear and there's concern. Father, during this time, the one constant in our life that is unchanging is you. Father, I pray that the many hearts in America who have long been distracted would turn to you and find grace and find peace and find comfort during this time of trouble. 
Father, would you use this season as an opportunity for our country and for the people in the Bay Area to really see the difference between what is changing, what is unchanging, what is now and what is eternal, and to have clarity in terms of what values are truly, truly important. May we come to see that loving you and loving others is most important. May you use this COVID season to turn our hearts back to you. Father, we want to pray for healthcare providers, strength and energy and protection. Please give to them the tools that they need for effective and safe service. We want to pray for all the caregivers, for all the parents who are now homeschoolers, for all those who are caring for elderly. Give them grace. Give them patience. Give them a supernatural love. Sustain our people during this time. And Father, lastly, during this corona season, it's a time for us to think about others and to love. And would you show us how we can do that? Would you give us the motivation to do that? May your church community be known as a community of life, of love, of hope, and of service. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. As I was preparing for this message, I was thinking, wouldn't it be so cool if there was a character in the Bible who can relate to being sheltered in place? Better yet, what if there was a character in the Bible who was sheltered in place? And then we could just learn from that experience. And then it just occurred to me, the Apostle Paul was sheltered in place. In fact, he was sheltered in place for two years, for 24 months. And during those two years, he wrote a couple of books. And one of those books is the amazing book of Philippians. And so this past week, I'm reading through this book, and it's just four chapters long. And the number one thing that just kind of jumps out at you as you're reading this book is something you weren't expecting. Joy. Paul is writing this book, and it is just dripping. It is just radiating with joy. Now, let me explain his context. Paul was allowed a few visitors, but he definitely did not have Zoom. He did not have Facebook. He did not have FaceTime. He was never permitted outside of his house that we know of. He couldn't go to the grocery store. He couldn't go to Trader Joe's. In fact, he had a soldier that was standing guard over him at all times. He didn't have Netflix. He didn't have Korean dramas. But he did have books. I imagine Paul might have spent a long time, maybe many months, just alone. Paul, of all the disciples, was the busiest, most productive man in the time of the early church. Like, I'm not kidding you, there was one time where he was stoned, he was pelted with all these rocks. Normally after this happens, someone, someone dies. 
So his attackers leave the scene thinking that he's dead. Paul gets up, and the very next day, he's preaching at another city. It's the kind of unstoppable drive that this man had. But now, he is stationed right there at home. My point is this. If there was a man like Paul who's sheltered at home and he's writing a letter, you might expect him to express boredom or depression or anxiety. But then you turn and you read this book and it's honestly a little shocking. The book is a powder keg of joy. And it's the last thing you're expecting, but it's the first thing that you find in the book of Philippians. And so today we want to learn from the Apostle Paul about how to be sheltered at home with joy. How to be sheltered at home with joy. And so the very first lesson that the book of Philippians teaches us is this. If your joy is wrapped up in Jesus, no one can ever take away your joy. No one can ever steal it from you. No one can ever take it away. During the season of COVID-19, the most natural thing to do is to let your happiness ride with your circumstances. So if you are out of work, or if you are worried about finances, or if you are just bored at home, the most natural thing to do is to let your happiness match your circumstance. So if circumstance is low, is bad, then it's very natural for your happiness to match that level. Now imagine, here is Paul saying, no, 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 no. It doesn't have to be that way. Your joy does not have to match your circumstance. If you open to the book of Philippians, you will find that Paul uses the word Christ 36 times in this one letter. Four chapters, but he writes about Christ 36 times, 36 mentions. In Philippians 1, 21, Paul says this, to live is Christ and to die is gain. To live is Christ and to die is gain. Paul says, for me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. For Paul, his life was so clearly about one thing. There's a scene in a movie called City Slickers where a rugged cowboy is having a deep conversation with a city slicker by the name of Billy Crystal. And so they're talking, and the rugged cowboy says, I have learned that the secret to life is this. And then Billy Crystal says, the secret to life is in your pinky? No, the secret to life is to love one thing. Paul knew what his one thing was. His life was all wrapped up in Jesus Christ. And so he says to live is Christ and to die is gain. So here Paul is thinking about 
the worst circumstance that could ever happen to him. He's like, what's the worst thing that could ever happen to me? Well, I could die. Now, for Paul, that was a real possibility. He was in prison. The emperor could have him killed. Eventually, the emperor did have him killed. But he reasons like, yeah, I could die. But then I would go and I would be with Jesus, which is far better. So if I stay, I get Christ. And if I die, then I get Christ. Either way, I win. Either way, I have ultimate joy. Paul is saying, your joy does not have to match the level of your circumstance. Your joy does not have to match the roller coaster of your circumstances. Like you got into the school and you're riding high, but you didn't do well in the test and so you're low. You got the job, but you didn't get the promotion. She said yes to another man. Paul is saying, look, if your passion and your joy is wrapped up in Jesus, if you can say to live as Christ, then nothing, no shelter in place, no coronavirus, nothing can take away your joy. So how about during this coronavirus season, taking time every day just to spend with Jesus? A lot of us, when times are crazy, we think, I would love to spend more time in God's word and prayer when things slow down. I would love to when things slow down. Well, and then it never slows down, right? Now, I don't know exactly what, slow, what a time of slowdown looks like, but this season might be the closest we ever get to it. All that time not communing means we have more time for really good opportunities. So how about spending more time every day in God's word and in prayer? It's an opportunity to reset spiritually. Point number two. Uh, second lesson of what we can learn from Paul during this shelter at home season. The way of joy is to put the needs of others before yourself. The way of joy is to put the needs of others before yourself. During the season of COVID-19, for the first time, I feel like we have limited resources. Like, as an American, for the first time, I feel like we have limited resources. So I went to the grocery store just the other day, and all of the meat was gone. All of the good vegetables, gone. The only vegetable that they had a huge box of was cabbage. Oh, joy, right? <laughs> and so for the first time as an American, I feel like we are running out. And so my first impulse is to go and hoard and get stuff that I don't need. But in getting the stuff that I don't need, I might be actually taking it away from someone who does. 
I heard about two guys who solved the pandemic coming, coming to America. And so they bought tons and tons of hand sanitizer. And sure enough, when the pandemic came, they started to sell the hand sanitizer on Amazon for crazy marked up prices. The, the most natural thing during this time is to put yourself first. But here is Paul saying, no, 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 no. During COVID-19, the way to joy, the way to joy, the Jesus way, is to put the needs of others before yourself. It's to put the needs of others before yourself. This is the Jesus way. Chapter 2, 3. Paul says, in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. This is beautiful. This is the Jesus way. In humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. So Paul is saying, now is a time to think about others. He, he writes, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Now, now of course, he's given the application. Then he's going to talk about the source. And here is the source. Here is our model. Here is, here is who we look up to during a time like this. And then Paul can't help it. He's like, let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you about Jesus. For all of us who are looking for some kind of model, some kind of stability, some kind of inspiration, Paul's like, oh, I know just the source. Let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you about what he did. And then he starts to share this poem where Jesus starts off at the very highest place. He is in heaven having the form and the equality of God. And then he takes this huge step down and becomes a man. And not just a man, but a servant. And if that weren't enough, he takes another huge step down and he humbles himself by dying on a cross. Church family, during this season, learn from the master. The way to joy is to put others first. We have some amazing people in our church. One family is thinking about one thing they can do every day to put others first. We have another family that went to buy groceries from Costco because they heard that a neighbor who was elderly was sick. We have five women who said that they want to call every single person in our church just to check in, ask them how they're doing, pray for them. Church family, this poses an interesting question for us during this time, for such a time as this. A lot of us want to help, but we don't know how to. One college student said to me, I now have all this free time on my hands and I'm not sure I know what to do with it. I could play a lot more video games, 
which I did, but I feel like there's a better use of my time. And there are other people, like the person that's sitting across from me, who are doing their jobs and giving care and taking care of kids and watching over parents and you don't have time to spare, but you want to help. And so you're not really sure what to do. But then there's another issue, which is like we want to help, but we don't want that help to be hurtful. Because most of our help involves personal touch, and this is a season where that personal touch could hurt. So, church family, now is the time for us to wrestle with these issues and to to brainstorm new creative possibilities. In fact, if you have an idea, why don't you just start submitting them over the live feed? I, I don't have all the answers, but by the grace of God, we have a lot of smart and creative people in our church. And I would just love to hear your ideas for how we can share and care and connect to other people and meet needs. Because right now is a time for us to think about others and to put others first. So I'm looking at my live feed, and um, it'd be great just to hear from people and to share ideas. And so um, we are totally open for that as they come. All right, point number three. Third lesson that we can learn from the Apostle Paul during the season of the coronavirus. Number three. This season is an opportunity for us to learn to be content. This season is an opportunity for us to learn to be content. During this season, it's very natural to be concerned. It's very natural to be anxious. We don't know how long this will last. Some of us are wondering, how am I supposed to pay my bills? I don't know. There are a lot of things I don't know. We don't know who might get infected. When Alameda went shelter in place, I picked up the phone and I called my mom. I said, Mom, you need to, you need to stay home. For your safety, stay home, please. And she goes, okay. So, Mom, you'll stay home? She goes, okay, okay. Mama will stay home. So my mom stays home for as long as she can. And the very next day, she goes to Ranch 99. I'm not kidding you. And so news of this leaks to my wife, and then my wife tells me, and then I call my brother, and we both decide we need to get mom on the phone and do an intervention. And we were both kind of freaking out. Now, here is the last point. I could imagine the Apostle Paul saying, that during this season of the coronavirus, it's a great opportunity to learn to be content, to learn to be calm. Okay, Paul is writing this letter from house arrest. He is sheltered in place for two years. There's a possibility that he could be executed. He doesn't know where his next paycheck is coming from. And in 4.11, Paul says this. He says, 
For I have learned. <laughs> I have learned in whatever situation to be content. I have learned in whatever situation to be content. But Paul, you don't have Netflix. Paul, you've gone an entire month without talking to a friend. Paul, you might be killed two months from now. And Paul's like, I have learned in whatever situation to be content. Now, as you look at this, notice this word right here. No, 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 this, this word right I have learned. Notice that key word, learned. Now, some people are just naturally content people. You know, you don't need much to be happy. Paul's like, that wasn't me. Paul's like, I had to learn to be content. Church family, this season is an excellent opportunity for you and I to learn the contentment that Christ alone can provide. It's something that's learned. He says in verse 6, do not be anxious. Do not be anxious about anything. Anything? I have no idea how long this will last. I don't know how I will pay the bills. I don't want my parents to get infected. I can't imagine losing them. Paul says, please, please don't. Don't be anxious about anything. Well, then, Paul, what are we supposed to do? Paul continues and he says, but in everything, in everything, every single concern you have, by prayer and supplication, let your request be made known to God. Okay, so the very first instruction from Paul is pray about everything. Okay, three words. Pray about everything. Can I hear you say that? Pray about everything. Pray. Okay, so are you concerned about the bills? Yeah. Paul's like, okay, give that to God in prayer. Are you concerned about your parents and their health? Absolutely. Paul says, give that to God in prayer. Because God is so good and so faithful and so loving and so strong. You can trust him. You can trust him. And he will take care of you. Okay, now check this out. If you really do this in prayer, this is what Paul says is a promise to you. Check this out. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. That's verse 7. In the middle of all this trouble, because God is sovereign and in control, if you come to him and pray, he will give you an incredible inward peace. And so the first instruction is pray about everything. Pray about everything. And the second is right there in verse 6. Not only do you pray about everything, but you do it with what? With thanksgiving. You see how he just kind of slipped that in there? Submit your prayers of supplication with thanksgiving. He just kind of slipped it in. And then you read in verse 8. He comes back to this theme of thanksgiving. He says, finally, brothers, Whatever is true, 
whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, whatever is excellent, whatever is praiseworthy, think about these things. During this season, it's very natural to fill your mind with things that cause you to worry and to despair. Like, what about the bills? What about my parents? What about my job? What about my freedom? And imagine Paul saying, okay, okay, all right, let's all take a deep breath. (sighs) Let's pray about everything. Let's pray about everything. Everything Give them to God, trust God, pray about everything, and he will give you peace. And then number two, always be thankful. Let me hear you guys say, always be thankful. (laughs) Fill your minds with things that inspire you to worship God. Fill your minds with things that make you thankful. Now, um, I wanted to share this story in closing. Like, what, what am I thankful for during this COVID season? Can I have you pause and, and just reflect, like, what are you thankful for during this COVID season? If you want to share it, share it in the live feed. That'd be great. I was thinking about this, and this is mine. My mom and I have always had a difficult relationship. I will tell stories from the pulpit from time to time, probably stories I shouldn't be sharing. Now, for some reason, I can be the nicest person to others, but my mom knows how to press my buttons, and so with my mom, I will become like this hideous monster. Now, when I told my mom, that Raina and I feel God calling us to move our family overseas. I was talking to her, I said, Mom, my Chinese is so bad, so, so bad. I really, really need help. And my mom said, son, don't worry. Mama will help you. And so for one hour each day for the last two months, we just, we speak Chinese. And I'll tell her about my day, and she'll tell me about her day, all in Chinese. And our relationship has been getting better. Now, when the coronavirus hit, I told my family, we have a real problem. Because my mom, we call her Ama. Ama is really extroverted, but she lives alone. And so she's going to get really lonely. And so I'm talking to my family like, what do we do, guys? We, 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 sh- we need to do something about this. And one of my kids says this. Every day, one of us cleans the guinea pig cage. We have pet guinea pigs. So whoever cleans the guinea pig cage on that day will call Ama. I'm like, genius. <laughs> and so, so we're, our family is now on this you know, care for a ma action plan. And so every day, one of us will call a ma and just check in and ask her how she's doing. And Raina now is just like saying to me, I forgot, but oh, we forgot. But I just have to say, when I called my mom, I said, mom, 
every day, someone from the family is going to call you. It just felt really good because I felt like I'm caring for my mom, not out of duty, not this time. It was out out, out of a sincere heart of love. And I can't tell you what this means to my family. I can't tell you what this means to me. After struggling in this relationship for so long, it feels so good just to love her from my heart and say, Amma, we want to call you. We want to love you. And the COVID season was an opportunity to express this kind of love to my mom. And so God is using this season to do something good. And I can see that and I can be thankful. So church community, what are you thankful for? What are you thankful for in this season, uh, the COVID-19 season? And so if you're watching this alone, uh, I would invite you to just write one thing that you're thankful for, maybe share it with another, maybe share it in the live feed. If you're watching this as a family, maybe you can start, you know, after this uh, message just to just kind of go around and share one thing that you are thankful for during this season. Because so much of our natural time is just, you know, we can complain. We can focus on the negative. And now is the time for us to actually be thankful for the good things that cause us to worship. Okay. I'm going to uh, close our time in prayer, and then we're going to have a few announcements, and then there's a benediction. So um, pray with me as I invite my wife to come and join me up here. Um, Dear Father God, I, I thank you for the Apostle Paul who has so much to teach us. Like he can relate to this experience of being sheltered in place, and yet he surprises us with this message that is dripping with joy. Help us to get what he has. Help us to love Jesus with the same passion and the same sense of contentment that he found in Jesus. And help us to really embrace the Jesus way of life and to look to the needs of others before ourselves. And help us also in this very trying season to find contentment, to lift up every prayer to you and to look for joy in the things that inspire us to worship every day. Father, we need your grace. We need your love. We need your strength during this time. And I know that with your Holy Spirit and your word and with our church family, we can get through this time. I thank you for giving us the hope that we need. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.